Hello and welcome to the Why Behind the What. My name is Nathan Albert, and as always, I am so glad you are listening to this podcast today. On this season of the Why Behind the What, we've been talking about how the ancient and how the contemplative can revive an apathetic faith, it can heal wounded souls, and it can transform lives today. I'm convinced this is true because it's been my spiritual experience over the last few years. And I hope as you've been listening to these episodes that maybe you're starting to feel something similar. What I wanted to do for a while with this podcast is to interview a handful of people who have practiced these ancient and contemplative ways of living and ask them to share their experience and how these practices have impacted their faith, healed their souls, transformed their lives. Um, And so that's what I've wanted to do. And luckily, I found some people. So in the coming weeks, we're going to hear from a bunch of people. We got a singer-songwriter. We've got a professor. We've got some priests. um, We've got a chaplain. We've got a few friends of mine that I think should be friends of yours. And we're going to talk about these practices and how not only they practice them, but how they've incorporated them into their lives and how these things that we consider ancient and even contemplative have transformed their faith, transformed their lives, and made them fuller humans. So I'm excited for it, and I hope you are too. In this first episode of these interviews, I get the chance to interview Marielle Kraft. Marielle is a singer-songwriter based out of Philly, who I've had the privilege of knowing for a little over eight years now. When we first met She had just picked up a ukulele and was learning chords, and now she's touring the country, she's dropping studio albums, she's written a ton of incredible songs, and she's doing all things amazing. Mariel's tour actually came through our home, uh, through our town, uh, and my family went and saw her uh, show, and then we had dinner with her and got to hang out with her the following day. And as we were sitting there eating pasta and drinking Blue Moon, we started talking about the spiritual life. And she mentioned she had these incredible and crazy spiritual and mystical experiences while she was alone in a tiny cabin in New Jersey. And as we were talking, I was just like, whoa, 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 hold up. We have got to record this conversation for the podcast. And so we did. And so in this interview, we talk about the importance of silence and solitude which I love because this is coming from a millennial's perspective. You know, someone who's uh, rarely alone, someone who's inundated um, with social media and technology and notifications, and yet here this person, Marielle, is so enamored with the importance of silence and solitude. She shares uh, a somewhat mystical experience, a powerful experience she had with a prayer labyrinth, so we'll talk about that as well, and Probably the coolest part of it all, Marielle plays a song that she has never played publicly. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a world premiere performance of a song she calls Wings. And it is awesome. Brought me to tears. And I am excited for you to listen. One quick thing before we get into this interview. If you are listening to this podcast and you love it and you haven't done this yet, can you please write a review on Apple Podcasts? It's real simple. Uh, you can just go into the app or go onto your computer, uh, click the number of stars, and write in a couple of sentences under reviews. It'll say write your own review. This is would be uh, very. I'd, I'd appreciate this. 
Um, and I know I, I say this on every episode, but the more reviews a podcast has, the more Apple will promote it and the easier it is for other people to find the podcast on other podcast sources. So please, if you could, just take a couple minutes and do that. And I also need your help to spread the word. So if you like this podcast, not only can you review it, but can you share it on social media as well? And let's get the word out about Marielle, shall we? You can also subscribe to my newsletter, nathanelbert.com. I promise I won't spam you because I'm cool like that, Um, but there's ways to connect with me there. So with that, uh, here it is. Here's the interview with Marielle Kraft. Enjoy. Marielle. Hey. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Marielle and I are here in the basement with the microphone. We are. Ready to chat. Tell our listeners a little bit about you. Who are you? What do you do? Sure. Um, my name is Marielle Kraft. I'm a singer-songwriter based outside of Philly right now in Wilmington, Delaware, for the time being. I'm a Rhode Island native, grew up there, that's how we met. And I went to school at University of Delaware, became a full-time teacher, I taught middle school. And then last year, I decided to step away from teaching to pursue music full-time, and I've been on the road ever since. It's been pretty are. cool. And you have... Some albums released, some EPs that are out. I do. I put out my first studio-produced EP in July of 2019. So that's been really amazing. I've been touring that the last nine months or so, and then I've got more music in the works coming up. And, uh, you know, it's the best journey ever. So tell us... Okay, so the podcast is called Why Behind the What? Because Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people do a lot of things, um, and we can talk all about certain things and have a great conversation. But when we talk about the why, Mm -hmm. I feel like that opens up people's souls, right? Like that gets behind the what. So tell us a bit about why was it as a educator yeah. who like spent four years yeah. going into debt to become a teacher. <laughs> yeah. Why do you now do what you do? Like, what is it that made you say, I'm chucking it. And I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to do this. I think the craziest part about it is that most people expect me to say, you know, I secretly wanted this for my whole life. And then I just decided to do it. But I didn't even know this was a dream of mine until I was pursuing something different, really? which was really That's interesting. Cool. So I, my whole life, my dream was to be a teacher. My mom was a teacher. I always you know, loved my teachers. They were my biggest role models. So since I was five, I was like, I'm going to be a teacher and maybe I'll coach after school and that will be my life. Hmm. And so I went to school and I got a teaching degree, got a job that I really loved um, and taught full time. And then when I was doing it, it's not even like I hated it. Like I really did love teaching, but I started playing shows on the side right after I graduated school before I started teaching. So that summer between graduating in 2017 and May and then September when I started teaching, I started playing shows regularly just to earn money before I went to teach. And I put out my first like real song then, which is called How Far You Feel that summer. And just because my friends and family were asking for it. So then I went to go teach And I was like, all right, cool. Like, that's just a side thing, whatever. And then the song started gaining this traction. And people were like, we don't want you to just sing in a bar. Like, we want more of this kind of thing, these songs. And I never knew it would be something that people would ask for or think was important to them because it was just me in my bedroom. So I would teach all the time. And then I would start to play shows in D.C. venues because that's where I taught um, on the weekends after school. And... It was one of those things where slowly over time throughout the school year, when I went to bed at night, what I'd be thinking about is my music career. That was 5% of my life at the time. Hmm. You know, 95% was these kids and lesson planning and grading and being so exhausted from the school day. 
but I still always had time and energy to think about my music, which when I became aware of that and how it was occupying space and energy for me, I was like, man, maybe this is something I should think about and maybe pursue a little bit. And uh, so I started writing more songs and putting some out and then momentum was building and, you know, why not? So for me, the why was at the end of the day when I didn't have any energy to choose what to think about, what naturally was mm. in my head was yeah. was music and songwriting and, you know, how I could impact somebody else or how I could share my story in a different way. And yeah. uh, I just followed that gut. One of my favorite musicians has this quote in one of his songs um, called Black Sheep is a song, but he talks about, he has, uh, the lyrics are, people call me crazy for singing out loud here out on the streets, but mm -hmm. I've got this song um, and I've got to get it out or I've got to sing it out. Um, cause if I don't, it'll burn a hole with inside mm -hmm. of me. And the whole song is about just this, it's like something that was deep inside of him that if he didn't get it out, it would almost like wreak havoc within him. Wow. Um, yeah. And so I, I kind of hear something similar, like, yeah, I really think that playing shows almost catalyzed my love that I didn't mm -hmm. know was in me. Mm -hmm. When I started to see other people's reactions to things that were just, I thought only I cared about, that's when I started to realize that maybe there was more power within this music thing that I was giving it credit for. Um, so I really do credit like my friends and my family for being the driving force behind considering it full time. And mm. here we are. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So Marielle and I were having dinner last night and chatting about this podcast. And we were like, we should do this. And some of it came from just getting into spiritual conversations. Mm -hmm. And so this season on the podcast, we've been talking about when faith stops working, specifically for me, like when faith stopped working for me as like a pastor and person in ministry, what do you do? And yeah. so can you share or do you have an experience where, or what has been your spiritual journey? And has there been a season or a time when it just stopped working for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I grew up in the church and my parents, you know, were very much men and women of faith. They led Bible studies and we would, you know, bless every meal. And I went to um, like Bible school essentially on Tuesday nights and then youth group on Wednesdays when I got old enough. And I was very much raised in a Christian household, which worked for me until I left for college and met people outside of that bubble and that safe circle that I was raised in. So I went to University of Delaware and got really involved on campus with people who came from different backgrounds and different worldviews that I did. And um, it started to really deconstruct everything that I had learned in the church. Mm. Not everything, but a lot of things about like the specific kind of people we should be and how only this lane of people um, is you know honored and blessed by God mm. and are worthy of heaven. And when I started meeting people who were some of the most kind-hearted and open and inspirational people I'd ever met, but didn't share the exact same beliefs that I did, I had a really hard time writing them off in a way that I had been raised to do. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, met people of different identities and backgrounds and I just completely was changed from the inside out in a positive way to have more empathy for those around me and to question, you know, leadership and, you know, different structures in our world that I never saw as oppressive until I met people that I deeply loved and just as friends or whoever that were affected by that negatively. And so 
I feel like the exposure for me changed the game. And then I started questioning why didn't I know about this growing up in the church, mm. growing up in my community. Um, were they hiding it from me or is it something that we're not allowed to talk about or what is that? And I felt like I was becoming so much more educated and like there was just fruitful, their life became more fruitful with these people. Mm. And I wanted that to also, you know, be hand in hand with my faith and the faith that I'd been raised on didn't have that avenue. Mm. And so I deconstructed a lot of, you know, what I, what I'd been taught. And then for a couple of years in college, I stepped away from the traditional sense of church that I was raised in and started to reevaluate what I believed and my individual relationship with God and claiming that for myself rather than in the context of, you know, the the predominantly traditional white church I was raised in. Um, So, yeah, I think it wasn't until I was pursuing music full time, I guess about a year and a half ago when it was a leap of faith for myself, but I knew that I couldn't do it if I didn't also trust something greater and that this was a feeling that wasn't just a human feeling. It felt like a divine feeling as well. Um, so I leaned into that when I started pursuing music and people started calling me crazy because a lot of times when you take a leap of faith, it Mm -hmm. looks that way. Yeah. But, um, you know, the discernment that I've gained from actually listening and, and having open conversation with God for the first time, pretty much in my life has changed the game for me. And, um, it's built confidence within me in that relationship too. Yeah. So yeah, I find a yeah. lot of you know, working with college students and my own journey. I feel like there's, um, we were never taught that that is like a normal thing that happens. Totally. Right. Like you go off and your faith becomes your own or. I was taught like, that you first, you know, freshman year, find the university right. or find, you know, some, like the, the, like I was, uh, I played lacrosse in Delaware. So there was the Delaware Christian athletes, DCA. They were like, mm. get plugged in. You're a freshman. Do it quick. Yeah. And it was almost like a, if we don't get you now, you're going to burn, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Lost. Right. Yeah. You'll never find your way through college. Right. So I did, I jumped into that and then I stepped away from it when I started reevaluating and, you know, building my, my community with different kinds of people and realized that it was actually more healthy for me to not be in those groups for a while, Mm -hmm. to really understand who I was in my faith rather than just to be fed the same thing that I was always fed and just, you know, blindly believe it. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, totally. And, um, we talked last night, which I thought was interesting. Here you are on tour going all over the country. You're writing your music. You've got all these shows. You're go, go, go. Um, but you mentioned once a year, you unplug from everything. Yeah. Um, and so this season we've talked, I've been talking about these ancient, and for me, these ancient contemplative practices like silence and solitude and different ways of breathing, different ways of breathing, different ways of praying have really revived my personal faith and really just how I view life in general. Mm. Um, and you mentioned that this yearly visit to a cabin yeah. has changed everything. So share with us what that is, Sure. how you do it, what happens? Definitely. What was that like for you? Yeah, so you know tiny houses. You love them. Love them. So it's a tiny cabin. It's great. It's totally sustainable. It has like composting and everything in it. Um, and it's on this little private lake in Cape May, New Jersey. And it's surrounded by these woods that are um, very quiet. And it has a trail that goes around the lake. It's a mile. And it has a hammock outside and it just has one little bed. And 
a yoga mat inside and a deck of cards and it's that's pretty much no it way. yeah cards, it's and it has your entertainment right there I've, i can't even tell you how many t- rounds of solitaire i played <laughs> i'm great at solitaire I now i feel i was like very stimulating awesome. um and it has a little dock so i would walk out on the dock i would like make my coffee in the morning i would walk out on the dock and then i would journal every morning and so i started doing this because when i first left teaching i immediately jumped into being on the road that summer of 2018 um, full time. And I played something like 63 shows or something in the span of three months. And I hadn't, you know, truly didn't have a time to process what was going on. And so I I figured that the way to do that, I'm a processor that needs to first process for myself and then have conversation about it after I have individually processed things. Um, and so in order to really like sit back and be like, okay, I literally just left my safe career of teaching and I've been on the road for 63 shows for three months. What the heck am I doing? So I I booked this cabin on Airbnb that I found. Don't even know why I started looking. It must have been like a divine nudge, but I was like... Yeah, what? I mean... Yeah. I feel like... I've never done anything like that in my life. It's rare to be like, I'm going to go... Because this was totally secluded. Totally. Unplugged, no Wi-Fi. Didn't have a conversation with anybody for four days. You just went. And so what... Where did, do you know even where you got the idea of, I should go be alone for I actually, not, I've never thought about the impetus of this, but mm-hmm. I, it, I think it was just, I was so overwhelmed and overstimulated with how much had changed and how much I didn't have a time to, a moment to think about it, that I just needed to cut everything off yeah. in a very drastic way, which right. I've never done in my entire life before. Mm-hmm. I'm a pretty extroverted, like overstimulated person. And so I was like, I guess I just need to like hide in a cabin for four days. So I made the decision. It has service there. If you had your phone on, you could be able to use okay. it. But I made the choice to completely disconnect off the grid. Um, I didn't even have clocks in the cabin, which is the trippiest thing ever. It's falling asleep when your body is tired and then right. waking up when it's time. Right. Eating when you feel hungry rather than like, oh, it's one. I should probably eat lunch. It was so crazy just to fully be in touch with my senses rather than, you know, external you know, indicators of my, of my life. And, um, so that's what I've been doing for the last couple of years. And it's been so refreshing and rejuvenating. The first year I dated, it was kind of like, okay, how am I going to fill my time? Should I like create a schedule for myself? Should I just let whatever happens happen? Um, and so the first year was a lot of me putting pressure on myself to really come up with something like absolutely mind blowing. Like I needed to come to some grand conclusion or write the song of my life, you know? And when that didn't happen, I think I got discouraged. But then I realized that placing that expectation actually compromises the process of not having expectations that week. Mm -hmm. So this past year when I went, I just went in with my notebook, um, my Bible, and my keyboard, and then my guitar. And that was it. Um, And so I just really wanted to, you know, if I wrote one verse over over four days, great. If I wrote 12 songs, great. Mm -hmm. But I really just wanted whatever to happen, happen. Yeah. and, uh, and it was, I wish that I could, you know, go all the time, but I think that might also make it less sacred because mm. it's, it's a time that I can look forward to. But yeah, I, uh, I took a walk every morning around the lake, which was about half an hour. And what I started doing this year was I would audibly have conversations with God every morning. Like we would go for a walk every morning. Mm. So I was what I called it. I was like, I got to go for like my walk with God. And I've done a lot of, you know, we all pray in our heads, of course, all the time, but I have never like audibly and not like a whisper. Like I was like talking, like I'm talking with you. I'm like, good morning, God. Like, 
Hmm. I'm really freaking out about this right now. Or like, I'm wondering about this or I slept really well. I'm like, let's talk about it. You know, it was super, super casual and normalized. And I think, um, hearing myself have that conversation and using more senses than just thought Mm -hmm. was really powerful for me. So, you know, both like speaking and hearing and feeling that conversation with him was like a very tangible way that I was building my relationship with him that Mm -hmm. week, which I'd never really like tapped into before. Yeah. And it was cool. And I heard his voice more clearly than I've ever heard. Really? In my life. Say more about that. So did you know God is funny? He has a sense of humor. I mean, I'm not, yeah, they would say like God has a sense of humor or whatever. I thought that was just some like weird phrase in the church. He straight up, I was laughing aloud. Like we would just be like chatting and like, I don't even know. I'd, I'd talk about like, I can't even think of any, I think it was like, I would talk about how I like actually hate nature sometimes. Like I don't like camping. I think nature's gorgeous, but like, I'm not trying to be in a tent. That's why I got this beautiful cabin with like a queen bed, you know? And like he, like a, like a spider would just like fall on my head. Like when I'm like literally audibly, and I'm like, are you for real? You know? And I would laugh out loud. I'm like, that's super funny. Like that's Mm. hilarious. And like stuff like that. Or like I would be like talking about, you know, traveling to Nashville to write or whatever. And then I would like hear like, a bird like sing I don't even know it was just like things that would happen that I was it was just like so on point and just like punny mm. ironic like hilarious like I love puns and so I'd be like you know talking about different things and like I'd open up a page that he would lead me to read I did a study on Ruth and Esther when I was there um and I told him I was like if I'm gonna be a an independent woman who's like strong I'm a small business owner I like want to have sure. my own story I want to be able to stand alone without you know a man next to me or whoever I, uh, he was like, then do you know the strong women of the Bible? Mm. And I was like, I mean, we all know the strong women, Mary, Esther, Ruth, whatever. He's like, so like, what are their stories? I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm definitely going to read those. So then I I went through a study and, you know, it was really cool. Um, I like really dived in. I love literature. So I was like really Mm. diving in to their stories and learning about how they're very different characters, Esther and Ruth. But, um, you know, the... Uh, the verse that says maybe you're here for a time such as this where she's literally queen to like free the people who are oppressed who she's one of crazy love that but it was just like you know very very poignant moments that were clearly very direct messages to Mm me Um, and I just without distraction of phone or clocks or people I realized how much I wasn't listening because I wasn't allowing myself to listen and so being in the cabin and making the conscious choice to disconnect and like actually just like have chill conversations and it was super easy I think I didn't know that you could just chat Mm. and not have it be heavy or come for like this big decision yeah he's like I just want to be part of your day that's Mm. he he said the words to me he's like I just want to be part of your day and Mm. I was like that's crazy good morning you know so he it was cool I was super intentional about it the small things because small habits turn into big habits and turn into big moves. And so for me, I just really wanted to establish like, cool, I'm going to go out on the dock and like, I'm not going to bring a book. I'm just going to like chill and see what happens and just like be. Um, and it was super refreshing, super rejuvenating. And I don't know. I just like felt very full and ready and I didn't know what I was ready for, but you know how sometimes you just have an expectant aura. Like Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I felt leaving. I was like, okay, let's go. I found that that some of these practices, whether it's silence, whether it's solitude, whether it's meditation, 
they don't they're not these things that transform me or anything or change my life but they open up yeah like the the opportunity for those things to happen Mm -hmm. so it sounds like you went into this and came out with a greater awareness that's kind of what it is like awareness of the divine awareness of your own soul awareness of awareness of just like more of his character Mm -hmm. I think I think that it I've always seen him as like this almost unreachable like um royal sort of like you have to be worthy enough to like come to him with a really big request or something you're really struggling with that he has to carry the weight of and he made himself so much more accessible to me yeah because I allowed that part to open up in my own relationship so growing up in the spiritual household or mm-hmm. church world was silence or getting away. Was that something that you feel like you were taught or to do or so, valued? Like mm, That's interesting. I, or did you experience that in a church world or is it mm-hmm. kind of something you just fell into? My mom was big on like quiet time growing up, mm. but I always saw that as she's annoyed with us. We need to go be quiet. It was never like a go <laughs> study your Bible, true, and pray, yeah. which is definitely probably where it began. Yeah. Um, but I never, I never thought of that as a time to be reflective in my faith. Mm. And so choosing to do that with, I mean, also when you're young and you're told to do quiet time, you're not like, hmm, let me go pray, let yeah. me, you know? So for me, choosing that for myself and having like, you know, my own initiation doing that initiative, um, I think allowed me to have more of an open posture to what might happen rather than mm. feeling like I was being told to create this time. Sure. It was much more self-led, which might just be, be, be being stubborn, but yeah. you know, you need to have it yourself. Sure. Yeah. You mentioned too that you did like a prayer maze thing. Oh, okay, the labyrinth. Labyrinth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So share a little bit about well, for totally labyrinth. Well, you share first. Okay, Tell sure. Us what that was. Yeah. What so was I it? didn't expect it. So the first time I went to the cabin, um, I would just walk around the trail, which was about a mile every morning. And this time when I went back, I noticed there was an offshoot off of it this year that led down this like stone and logs basically formed this walking maze into a center and then you'd walk back out. It was like a circles um, pattern. And it was the offshoot of the trail. And it said on the like the bottom, there was like a little sign that said prayer walk. Okay. And I, after I left the cabin, I texted the Airbnb owner and I was like, was the prayer walk there last year? She's like, no, that's new. Like, what do you think? I was like, that's so cool. Like I had some really cool conversations in that. And she's like, I'm so glad you used it. But anyway, so um, I had some of my grandest epiphanies in the prayer walk like I would walk in and essentially I would almost like pose this like question or like fear or whatever as I'm going into it and then we I would walk through it and then by the time I hit the center I heard clear words in response to whatever I brought to him and then I walked back out and by the time I exited and went back on the trail I like had an overwhelming peace by the time I exited the labyrinth I, it's, it even sounds weird recounting to you. Like it sounds like this mystical, like, I don't know, weird thing, but it's when I felt it, I almost, there was one time where I I walked out and I laughed and I was like, that's baloney. Like there's no way. (laughs) And he literally goes, walk it again. He literally stood up and said, turn around and walk it again. I was like, are you kidding me? I just did this. He's like, turn around, walk it again. I'll show you again. And I did it again. And like the exact same thing happened. And I was like, oh my gosh, it was crazy. And that's the point of a prayer labyrinth. For those who don't know, prayer labyrinths are like little mazes mm-hmm. that are paths that lead you, not even, not in a circle always, but lead you to a path to the center. Yeah. And the center is supposed to symbolize you drawing near to the divine, 
or centering yourself, like mm. focusing in on your life. And then in that place in the center where you encounter God, encounter love, encounter just your own centeredness, mm -hmm. that then that gives you kind of the impetus or catalyst to then wander back out of the maze and back out into the world. Mm. Um, I didn't which, even know that. Which when you, yeah. when you told me that last night, I was like, all of these feelings that I had now make sense. Because at the time I was like, what is the special mystical power of this sure. maze here like for kids, you know? Yeah. But it actually is a sacred practice I didn't yeah. even know. Yeah, and people have been doing it for thousands of years. crazy. Yeah. And that's what I think Crazy. I didn't get growing up in, in the church Christian world is that Christianity is a very mystical religion. Totally. Like hearing from the divine or hearing, like we joke, yeah, we hear God's voice. But mm -hmm. for some people it's like, is it like this deep manly voice right, talking right. to you? Thunderous. Or is it just like an impression that you feel mm. or a sense that you get or, um, and I found in those moments of whether it's silence or whether it's solitude or walking a prayer maze like that, again, this awareness of, whoa, what just happened? Yeah. Rather than, uh, okay, you read the Bible and pray this way, then this is going to happen. Right. Because sometimes that doesn't happen. Totally. And sometimes it's like, okay, I'll walk this path and see what happens because mm -hmm. You've got 12 hours of your day. Right. Yeah. What else, like, am I doing? what else am I going to do? <laughs> exactly. And then that's when you're, you're like inundated by mm -hmm. the divine. And I, I've found more and more, I think Christianity should be more about being surprised by God mm. rather than like trying to figure God out. Mm -hmm. And I think prayer mazes or sitting in silence like you did yeah. allowed you to say, surprise me. That's kind of what happened. And whatever yeah. happens, happens. Totally. Right? I definitely am somebody who likes to be in control of my career and my sure. life. And, you know, making this jump, you got to have a plan. You got to know, you know, tour itineraries and songs and record release plans. And, like, everything is so meticulously planned out and I'm self-managed. So everything mm -hmm. goes through me. And I think I'm so used to that now that when I was able to go to the cabin and let go and surrender this control... And just let whatever happens just happen. It was, on one hand, made me very anxious. Because I was like, mm. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. But it was so cool because I had nowhere to be. I had no right. one to talk to. I had no schedules to keep. Right. Um, and it, it was such a sense of like relief and freedom yeah. when something actually did happen. Yeah, that's a great point. The freedom aspect. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a to-do person. Mm -hmm, me too. Like, have my task list. Have, have my boxes that I check off. Totally. I keep a journal with everything I've got to do. And so when I go... Like when I spent these days in a monastery, right? Three days mm -hmm. where I, I felt like I wasn't doing anything. I just was learning to be. Um, Which is hard, especially in this culture. Right. Impossible. It's super hard to do. Yes. But I think I've become convinced that if we don't know how to be, we'll, our doing will just fail flat. It's like you can't do the what without the why. Oh, You what? can't do without the be. <laughs> I'm just saying. Boom. Bring it full circle. Drop it. <laughs> but you also... Okay, so... You're at this, the retreat center was, or the kind cabin. of the cabin. Yeah, the cabin. Yeah, the tiny cabin impacted you personally, but it also, it was a time for you career-wise to Definitely. really write. Totally. So and share, I can, yeah. share a little bit about that. Like yeah. it was a space where you, for you to write your own stuff, right? Totally. So I, especially this past year, as I've been taking many trips to Nashville, um, the the industry right now, the music industry is very deeply rooted in collaboration, especially... Mm -hmm. 
for songs that make it on the radio or whatever. Very rarely are artists writing any of these songs alone. And for me, I've always song written alone because it's my story. I want to make sure every, again, the control piece, right? Mm, I want every go. line to be mine. Mm. Uh, but this past year, as I've taken t- trips to Nashville and been in a bunch of collaborative writing sessions, totally opened my world of what songwriting could be and how collaboration really can be this incredible blessing. Um, so it was wild. I had this shift in 2019 where I almost like wouldn't even try to write solo because I was going to have a session the next week and that would be where I wrote sure. my song. So the cabin also was re-motivation for me to get back in touch with me as an individual solo songwriter um, without anybody compromising my story or putting in their ideas, which I think songwriters should have a balance of that. You know, always stay in touch with who you are as a writer, but be able to use that in rooms as well. And for me, I was starting to lose some of that piece of myself because I just wasn't exercising it. Mm. So being in the cabin um, and really working through ideas, I think as a millennial, I have a tendency when I hit a mental block, I'll grab my phone and scroll for a few minutes just to forget about it and then come back. But without having that distraction available at my fingertips, I had to sit there and work through the line or go for a walk and use like a natural remedy Mm. to clear my head or refocus. Um, And it just felt, I mean, it was hard. Like Mm. I definitely wanted to pull out my hair at some times, but after that initial like hump of frustration, I, I reached a place, the creativity that I could tap into uninterrupted and undistracted Um, so I wrote a bunch of songs many of which will probably never see the light of day but I think just getting back in that practice itself whether or not the songs will be released one day was still incredibly valuable for me yeah Yeah. I want to so you say you're a millennial which you are barely Barely. I'm on the the cusp of a gen z and millennial I'm one year away I'm like one year away from being a millennial and whatever's above a millennial what is that yeah x I think generation gen x yeah but I don't know but so as a millennial, mm-hmm. do you feel like this type of practice, whether it's the prayer maze or a weekend of silence or mm-hmm. solitude, is that something you, I mean, you have done it a couple times in a row. Is it something you want to continue to incorporate? Like, I'm obsessed. <laughs> I'm going to do it every year till I die. I'm yeah. not kidding you. Um, 100%. And it's interesting because, you know, I don't know any of my friends who do this mm. by choice. Um, but when I've spoken to my friends, all of their reactions are, man, I wish I could do right. that. And I'm yeah. like, you, you can't. Yeah. Airbnb is a beautiful place yeah. these days. We all have access yeah. to this. Um, and I think either it's just the unfamiliarity with, the, with what their minds are capable of. It's almost right. scary to like be left alone with your mind when right. we don't it have is. to anymore. It is totally scary. And, um, and if you just let yourself understand who you are again, it's really, really freeing and refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I will do it forever. I mean, I came back out of that week so remotivated and so like more at peace and mm. just prepared for whatever was next. That's awesome. Yeah. And you mentioned you've written songs. Some of them have never been released. Sure. But friends, I convinced Marielle to play a song yeah. on this podcast <laughs> that is, she's never performed. It's true. Or never released. Maybe I've never performed it. it. No. Nobody's so ever just, heard it, actually. No one has I'm heard this. I don't think anybody has ever heard it. I don't think anybody has ever heard I'm it. I'm super stoked for this. This okay. doesn't happen. So she's going to play a song. Um... What's it called? What's the... Yeah. You want to give us some background? Be a songwriter and like... Definitely. Tell us your soul about So this. I wrote this, the first cabin experience I had right after I jumped into this career full time, right after I was like unable to process anything. I was like sitting in such a whirlwind, overwhelmed with everything. And I was like, was this the right decision? I don't know. Can I pay rent? I don't know. All this stuff. So um, this song 
was one of my first, I remember it so vividly, I, it was the first time I really felt like I could hear God's voice talking to me. And he was answering like my fears in my heart and not just mm. a general like, hmm, you should turn to the Bible. It was like, I hear you and you're not alone. Mm. And I remember him saying, you're not alone in this. And I was like, wow, thank you. It sounds like so like cheesy, but at the time it's, it's exactly what I needed what to needed. hear. Yeah, yeah. So I wrote this song kind of about talking through my fears of, making this leap into music and not really knowing what it's going to entail. And then the chorus is him reassuring me that like, you're not alone in this. Um, so this is called wings and, um, yeah. This is, like this is the world premiere. This is probably the only time I'll ever play this in my yeah. life. For the 12 people who listen to this podcast. Maybe it'll be 13 Look this at, time. Could Lucky be. 13. Could be. <laughs> yeah. So this is called wings. Um, and awesome. I've literally never played it since I wrote this over a year and a half ago. So hopefully okay. this goes smoothly. Oh, yeah. We'll be gracious. Thank you. Here we go. They said jump without looking down. They said go. You're bigger than this town. They said fly. But I have no wings on my They said sing, but what if I don't have a song? They said find your way, but every turn feels wrong. They said fly, but now I'm alone in the black. But over and over you keep finding me, and over and over you're reminding me. You don't have to do this alone. You don't have to do this alone. You don't have to do this alone. I'm here. You don't have to do this alone. You don't have to do this alone. You don't have to do this alone. I'm here. So I left security behind every step. Another fear in my mind, what if I don't know myself after all? So I wrote a song people would like I was wrong. They said it didn't feel right, what if I don't know myself Over and over 
We're like two <laughs> chords in. Beautiful. Thank you. Wow, I literally haven't played that since that happened. It's so crazy. Man. It's awesome. Wow, it's so weird to think back exactly how I felt in that moment. It's like all of those feelings are still things that you know go through my head yeah. every day. But yeah, that's just like it's such a testament of how powerful music is. Holy moly. Right. To me, even. My and own how, story. And how universal it is. Like totally. so many of us need to hear. You don't have to do it alone. Yeah, you don't have to yeah. do it alone. Exactly. And how often we need to know that message. Yeah. Um, wow. Thanks Such a pleasure. Thank you for being a part Thank of this. Thank you. Thanks for having for me. For those who don't know, I've known Marielle for a while, and it's been so cool to see a young it was a young teenager yeah, I was like learning 15, to play guitar 16. and ukulele to now wow. writing songs that are um, penetrating to the soul. Like, it's really cool. Oh so, my gosh. Thank and you're you. super gifted. So Thank you. where can people... Promote yourself. Where can where can we find you? Where can we listen Plug. to your stuff? Yeah. All that sort of stuff. So just my name, Marielle Craft, which hopefully is in the description of this. Yeah, we'll put that um, in the Just on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Tidal, anywhere you find Pandora, anywhere you find music, you can find my stuff. Um, I've got new things coming out in 2020 and beyond. And um, yeah, I would love to stay in touch. Awesome. I tour all the time, so yeah. come see me. And wings can only be found on this episode. That's it. So exclusive. Play it, play it over. Why behind the what? Exclusive. Play it over. Thanks again, Marielle. Thank you so much. Super appreciate it. You don't have to do this alone. You don't have to do And so, friends, as you discover a mystical God, a God who has a sense of humor, who is found in silence and solitude and even in mazes, may you have peace, may you have calm, and may you have happiness. You don't have to do this alone, you don't have to do this alone, you don't have to do this alone, I'm here. You don't have to do this alone, you don't have to do this alone, you don't have to do this alone.